Welcome into another episode of your WCPO High School Insider Podcast. You can call this the 3M Show today. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Please be joined by two guys named Mark, Muller Head Football Coach Mark Elder. Mark, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And Harrison Athletic Director Mark Mybers joining us via Skype. Mike, or Mark, see, I'm already confused. Mark, how's your week going? Really, really well. Really, really well. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you guys for uh, for being here and uh, for, for different reasons. We're going to get into that in a little bit. As always, you can get this WCPO High School Insider Podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. And uh, we're talking uh, some outdoor sports today. As the winter sports season winds down with high school basketball and the regional and district tournaments, respectively, uh, we're going to turn our focus to uh, football and the uh, the stadium out there in Harrison, the Wildcat Stadium renovation. Let's start with Mark Mybers there at Harrison. And uh, obviously, big news out of Harrison and the uh, Southwest uh, Local School District this week as uh, the groundbreaking ceremony for the new Wildcat Stadium renovation and the field turf uh, will happen on Thursday morning. The Cincinnati Bengals and the National Football League Foundation Grassroots Program teamed up to contribute $250,000 to Harrison High School to install a new synthetic turf field. And uh, the game field, uh, along with the practice field, is also being built. Uh, there's going to be a, a opportunities for more football games, a lot of sporting events and community usage. And I'm pleased to bring Mark Mybers in to not only talk about that grant, but the overall project. I know this has been something you've been working on for quite some time, Mark. How excited, first of all, are you for this groundbreaking ceremony at 10 a.m. with the Bengals on Thursday morning? Uh, we're, I mean, we're pumped. We can't wait. It's um, it's kind of a dream come true. You know, if, if you don't mind me telling you a little bit about sure. the project, obviously we started um, basically last February was the first time uh, our boosters met. What kind of propelled us into the project was our school levy passed. And we're getting three brand new elementaries, a brand new junior high and $10 million in renovations to the high school. So suddenly we're going to have these first class um, school facilities and our boosters came together and said, what do we do for athletics? Um, part of the push was we are losing some of our practice space, which was located behind our kind of baseball softball complex where the new schools are going in. So we thought, what better way of kind of gaining space and space that's multi-use for everybody uh, other than for us to finally get rid of the grass that we've had out here since 1957, I believe, when the stadium was built and uh, put in the synthetic turf. And then that grew into a turf practice field. And it's kind of snowballed. And here we sit with groundbreaking tomorrow. Take me through the process. I know, I mean, you, you were really out in front there on social media when you, you kind of teased that, hey, we got a big opportunity here. <laughs> when the Bengals, uh, you don't, you don't want to spill the beans before it uh, was officially announced, obviously. But take us through the process of uh, that award and, and just, you know, how grateful everyone is there in the school district for this opportunity. So the, the Cincinnati Bengals and obviously the NFL grassroots grant, we cannot, uh, and I say this directly to them, we cannot thank them enough for their support. Really, uh, our turf committee that came together was made up of 20 to 25. Um, I mean, it was parents, grandparents, alumni, administrators, coaches, uh, stakeholders in the community. But we decided to kind of break that group into some subgroups. And we had a grant writing committee. Uh, and we had three or four people that were on that were super dedicated. Uh, we had a young lady that was just phenomenally dedicated, and, and obviously we're hoping she's going to be able to join us tomorrow. But Julie did an outstanding job of putting it together and kind of started working with the Bengals. And, um, you know, it's one of those things. You put it off and you send it in the mail, and you're kind of fingers crossed hoping to hear something. And then, yeah, I was kind of out in front of social media a couple of days early when I finally got the call, and I, I saw it come up on my phone, and I'm like, I think this is really it. This is going to happen. They got on the phone and said, hey, we wanted to let you know that 
Harrison Athletic Boosters and Southwest Local Schools have been selected by the NFL and Cincinnati Bengals for the $250,000 turf grant. And here we are, man, getting ready to do it tomorrow. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Bengals and the NFL have uh, coordinated to distribute over $2.3 million to local schools for new fields. Other schools include Bishop Prosser, Clinton Massey, Covecath, Deer Park, LaSalle, Lachlan, Oak Hills, Taylor, South Avondale Elementary School, yep. Withrow, and Midway Elementary School. So uh, what's it say about the commitment to uh, the community from the Bengals here, Mark? Oh, I mean, it says a ton. You know, you think of the the generosity it takes, and obviously you can name all the schools. Um, and as we were talking about before, anything we can do to help high school athletics is a good thing. Partnering, working together, working with the NFL, working with the Bengals, even from, like I said, a smaller school like us here in Harrison, uh, to come together for kids. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about. I, I joked with a parent the other day, I said, I'll never catch a touchdown on that field. I'll be lucky to run 10 yards on that field. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, the kids are going to get the use out of it. And I will you know, share this. You know, Our project is no tax dollars used. We are building the new schools, but this project, everything athletically is being done privately. Uh, $1.5 million in renovations is what's going to take place here over this summer. Uh, you know, the Bengals jumped on board. Our board of education jumped on board. I can't thank our superintendent, John Hampshire, enough for his support. And then Joe Fetty, our booster president, and all of our boosters. Uh, and then, the, the, let's face it, the community got behind it in a way that I've been living here for a while now I haven't seen before. So it's it's been a, an amazing journey. Obviously, the installation of the field turf, that's one aspect. The Inspired by Excellence Wildcats Stadium renovation uh, is uh, been, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, the, the Harrison Athletic Brewsters have been uh, involved in that. And just give us kind of a overall maybe synopsis, not only with the field turf, but beyond that, what other renovations are in the works? So obviously, um, if we could rewind the clock six years ago, our boosters pitched in and we did the brand new track brand new lights. We did an irrigated uh, grass practice field. There were like $615,000 in renovations then privately from our boosters. Uh, last year, our boosters did uh, our tennis courts. That was 200,000. And then obviously now here at the 1.5 million for the two turf fields, uh, we're looking at a scoreboard, a full digital scoreboard as an option that's going to go in some additional parking. And then like, again, some other essentials, some walkways, some fencing, some things that's going to make the fans experience a little bit better when they come to Wildcat Stadium. Um, so, uh, you know, our boosters and, and what we've been doing privately have been trailblazers at well over $2 million in the six years that I've been uh, blessed to be athletic director at Harrison. And as far as the new t uh, turf goes, uh, what's kind of the timeline of that installation? Uh, great question. So we're going to do the practice field March, April, May. Uh, practice field is going to be located right behind our visitor bleachers. So the, the two turf fields are almost sit side by side. And then inside the stadium will be June, July, August. Uh, you know, we'll kind of be uh, excited to cut the ribbon and get the kids on the field in August. But it's going to be a very busy summer. And we've, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. But we've got people in place to make it happen. And we're um, excited. The company Mommy Bay Turf is who the boosters went with. And if anybody watched the national championship game, uh, that field was a Mommy Bay field. So that was one of the things that sparked us as well to utilize um, that company. Mark, bigger picture here. I mean, uh, you're just a huge proponent. I can hear it in your voice. I can see it on social media of not only the athletics program there, but just the entire community there in Harrison. I mean, how much momentum does this community have? And, and obviously being aided by such a grant like this, I mean, uh, what is uh, what what trajectory does this have for Harrison Athletics? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing but sky high. Uh, you know, again, we're a really changing, growing community right now. One of the fastest growing in Hamilton County talked about the school levy passing. I really think the school levy passing and 
people understanding that first class school buildings are coming and now we need first class athletic facilities. And I think it's kind of snowballed. Um, there's a very new feeling. And again, I've lived out here and worked out here for 12 plus years and it's it's exciting. It's a really dynamic time to be here. I can remember a time there was uh, it was a six lane track and um, bits and pieces of it bits and pieces of it were not there. And, you know, fondly, we had areas of the the football field that may have had a little hole here or there from just being worn out since 1957. But um, it's it's culturally just pushing so quickly and in the right way. And again, I'm, I'm blessed to, to be a part of it and work out here. And like I said, anything that's good for high school athletics is phenomenal. And um, one of the bigger picture items, if I can throw this in here before we finish, is, you know, our unified Special Olympics track team is going to be able to utilize the surface. Um, we're trying to work with everybody and you know, talk about our band. Our band cannot host competitions because we still have grass. And that's a nuance that nobody understands. Um, it's going to give them opportunity to showcase those kids from cheerleading. Boys and girls soccer is actually going to have a home now. I'm sure, Mike, you've been out here and you remember the old soccer stadium sure. was actually the outfield of baseball. Um, which didn't have, you know, had portalettes and, and, and no running water. So, you know, if you're a soccer kid here, you're going to have a first class experience. And I think it is, uh, you know, I think we're starting to hit the map for young folks living in Cincinnati. Maybe if you're looking to buy a new home and you're looking at an area that's growing and it's got first class stuff and, uh, you know, the right mindset. The Harrison Wildcats are a place to be. Final thought here just on uh, your athletics program and Obviously, so much success. I go back to football and covering uh, your team there, mm-hmm. the Wildcats, and Coach Derek Rehedge did a fantastic job making it to the regional finals there in Division Two. But uh, so we kind of look ahead to spring, and you know, uh, I, I know everybody's looking forward to the end of the school year in some sense, whether you're in academic uh, side of things or athletic side of things. But uh, tell us, give us a little outlook on your spring season. Well, I think you know, obviously, baseball. We're we're a strong baseball team. We've got some dynamic kids coming back. Um, Mason Dalio's a stud. He's a kid that comes first thing to my mind when it comes to baseball, you know, softball, Reagan Williamson, uh, tremendous catcher for us. She's back. She's going to Bowling Green. And then, you know, our tennis program, I can't say enough about Coach Williams and what he's done. There was a time, you know, we were lucky to have 12 tennis kids and we're going to have a full varsity, a full JV. And we might even do cuts this year for boys tennis. Um, The boosters invested in the facility. Coach has done a great job of pulling out uh, all the stops, recruiting and getting kids involved. And then last but not least, you know, track and field, which is is one of my favorites. I was a track guy uh, a long time ago. Obviously, my father's a big time track guy here in Cincinnati. So it's kind of in our blood. But um, I'm looking forward to it. And then obviously the construction, seeing things getting built while the kids are out there and then having the kids get on the surface. You know, you think about that practice field's going to be done. Um before August 1st, or excuse me, June 1st. So those teams will be able to utilize that space. And we're going to have a night for the community to come out and take a look at it. And uh, sky's the limit because now uh, baseball and softball, you think about weather here, if it's wet, they can't go outside. We'll now have a space with that practice facility that we can go and we can get work in baseball, softball, you name it. So uh, good times here at Harrison High School. And that's why we're telling people to think big. Think big. I'm telling you, man, it's it's tremendous what we're doing. Keep that hashtag going, Mark. I always love that enthusiasm of yours. So I will. Really appreciate your time and perspective. Best of luck to you on the project. Hey, thank you. And uh, Mark, good luck at Moeller. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You got it. Mark Mybers, assistant principal and athletic director there at Harrison High School joining us here on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. Again, that's a groundbreaking ceremony for the new synthetic field turf at Wildcat Stadium 
10 a.m. on Thursday as the Cincinnati Bengals uh, officially make their $250,000 contribution uh, to the Harrison um, Athletic Department uh, on Thursday morning. So I want to transition here. We're going to talk, continue talking uh, outdoor sports. We're going to transition to Mark Elder here. And Mark, thanks for your patience. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the transition uh, from uh, obviously being hired in mid-December there at Moeller after spending four years as head coach at Eastern Kentucky University. And uh, tell us what's what's it been like this winter with, uh, with workouts and just the vibe around the program. Uh, things have been going great. Uh, really excited about the opportunity. Uh, the, the kids have been outstanding. I mean, they they really are a pleasure to coach. I mean, a positive attitude every single day. They've come in. Uh, we've made some adjustments to to how we've done things a little bit in the weight room. And and um, you know, Coach Ross, our, our strength and conditioning coach, and um, Doug Brandt, the the guys that work with our athletes in the weight room, they've they've adjusted a couple things, and and our kids have adapted well, and it's been really good. So, uh, been excited to see the progress that we've made. I think that we're we're really starting to move some weight in the weight room. Uh, guys have made some progress from uh, the beginning of the new year, January until now. Um, you know, still have a long ways to go. Not not uh, not getting confused with where we are and where we need to be. Uh, I'm excited about the progress, but there's got to be some um, uh, some bigger steps, some leaps and some bounds taken before we're going to get to where we we would like to be, you know. And uh, but thus far, I'm I'm pleased with where we're where we're headed. Before you get into kind of some more specifics and everything about players returning and all that good stuff, just one thing I saw on social media, I guess the other day, pick up basketball game, I think with your guys and looked like they really had a lot of fun. And yeah. just talk about that that culture and you know you. I think some media members mentioned it to you during your introductory press conference there in December, fourth coach in four years and all that sort of thing. How have you kind of really immersed yourself into that familiarity and really build the trust among those guys? Uh, I think it's a building process still at this point in time. I mean, we're a couple months deep into things, um, you know, but it's the off season. Everybody's undefeated. There, there hasn't sure. been a whole bunch of adversity. So there's not, there's not a, a ton of issues or anything along those lines other than uh, some things internally we just got to get corrected as far as mindset and expectations uh, from parents to players. And, and all of those things absolutely need to um, adjust a little bit. But um you know the the mindset, uh, kind of my my thought process going into this, and and I am the newbie here. I mean, there's no question about it. I, um, this will be my 21st year coaching football, but it'll be my first as as a, as a high school coach. So there's a ton that I've got to learn and and uh, adjust and adapt, and and then. You know, the, the other side is I want them to come meet me on some other things, too, that some things need to get adjusted and adapted at Moeller as well. But um, part of that is, is I, I looked back upon my experience in high school and, and I, I loved it. it. It was fun. And, and football should be fun. And, and um I love working hard. I love, uh, you know, the, the toughness aspect of football and all those things. And we do those things in the offseason, too. But um, but part of what makes it fun is the relationships um, and just the uh, the fun heartedness of, of high school football. I, I think that I don't know if that's really a word, but that's uh, <laughs> I got you. I got you, you get the gist of it. You know, the uh, I think that that's that's an important piece of, of the puzzle. I'm building those the camaraderie, building the the friendships, and and becoming great teammates. So we we live four days a week, and on Monday and Friday we go in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, and we go for about an hour and fifteen minutes. There's not a ton of extra time to do much besides the the actual hard work that's being done in the weight room. But 
on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we go after uh, after school. Then we go from three to five. And so the first hour, we're outside on the turf or could be in the AC. And um, we go for about 30 minutes of doing a uh, quick warm up and then getting into some speed, some agility, some change of direction stuff, uh, things along those lines. But then we, we, we try to have a little bit of fun. And we've done a bunch of different games. Uh, you saw a pickup basketball game. We we were trying to incorporate a little bit of of them doing athletic based stuff. Some um, naturally getting some conditioning involved in that, sure. but but them competing and just having fun. And so uh, we've done some full court three on three fast pace play to one. If you score, you stay. If not, uh, ten seconds shot clock to get the ball and you're rolling. Um, that that's that's got the heart rates up and guys running up and down the court. It's been fun. Um, it's kind of a king of the hill deal. You you win. You 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 score the point. You stay. Uh, so we've done that. We we did dodgeball yesterday. We did a, a four team dodgeball in, in the AC. So four teams going all at once. So it's been fun. After after that thirty minutes or so, then we go in and and uh, get our lift in after that. But uh, but I think that that's been a lot of fun. We're, we're shoot. I'm recruiting in the building. I'm trying to get other guys to play football. I mean, there, there's a ton of really good athletes within the building um, that aren't playing football and I'm trying to work that out and, and we've got a couple guys to come out and, and hope to add a couple more this summer and, and so forth but um, I want it to be a fun positive experience and, and uh, a remarkable experience and I think that involves um, the camaraderie some of those those fun games that we're doing um, but I think a remarkable experience also involves tough and hard work and, and um, some failure you know setting high goals and expectations and uh, some goals that you, you don't necessarily hit on your very first try but I, I think that's part of, of having a remarkable experience as well so uh, we're in the process of doing all those things maybe you can find the next Sam Hubbard who's playing dodgeball the famous story yeah. of how Urban came in and saw him in gym class <laughs> but uh, the most basic level Mark what have you learned the most just from 20 years of college coaching, as you mentioned, to your first season of high school coaching, what surprised you? What have you learned the most just in the first three months? Uh, I, I think that there, the organization is, is a key component and um, having helpful uh, people that are all in on the same mission around you is really important. And I, I think that that's probably stressed even more at high school than college, just due to the fact that, um, I mean, it, it, when you're in college, you've got you know, at, at EKU, let alone some of the other places I've been, I mean, there's 25 people and that's, that is their, their bread and butter. I mean, there's 25 people, that's their only job. Um, if they don't, if they don't do this and they, they also don't put food on the, on the table sure. at home. And so, um, so having those people be, I mean, that's their job. That's their role. That That's it. You know, they, they better do it or they, they won't be there any longer. Uh, at the high school level, it's, it's, uh, it might be someone's passion, but it, it, it isn't necessarily what puts the food on the table for them. And that is having people that are really passionate about, uh, young men and their development and, and being a part of something bigger than themselves. And, uh, because, um, it, there's still a big organization. There's still a bunch of guys and, and, and frankly, it's, it's more cumbersome to keep track of everybody because, um, at, at, when you're coaching division one football, you're not dealing with guys playing other sports. Right, I mean, right. uh, th- there's, you're blocking their schedule and, and they're going to be at an eight o'clock lift because you already know they don't have anything else. Whereas, I mean, we've got guys playing 
rugby and lacrosse and and basketball and baseball and uh, I mean they're they're doing a ton of other things and and then you're still trying to have their development grow. Um, so you you got rugby guys that are doing rugby, but then they're also involved in football with part of the lifts. I mean, so there's just a, a ton of stuff. And and frankly, as I'm learning the guys and all those things, it, it's it's uh, overwhelming for me. So I've had some people that have been very very helpful. Coach Blum's been fantastic as far as um, being the guy that's really been my right hand guy quite a bit through a lot of this this transition, and and he's been quite helpful. Tell me what, what's the conversation like? You're walking around, maybe you're in the cafeteria, you're doing the recruiting inside the building, as you mentioned. What, what's the conversation? How do you start out that uh, dialogue with a with a prospective football player? Yeah, well, to to be honest, um, the, to start, I needed somebody with me because. Um, as what I just said, I mean, I, I, if I didn't recognize the face, there's a good looking athlete there. I didn't recognize the face. Well, he could be our starting wide receiver. And I just didn't know it those first couple of weeks. And I didn't know who he was because he's playing basketball or he's doing something else. So before I went up and was like, hey, you should play football. He's like, I do. Uh, you know, you, <laughs> right. uh, you, you didn't want to do that and, and make a mistake. So I'd have to have somebody with me. But now I'm starting to get the lay of the land, figuring out who all the guys are that, that aren't playing football that uh, you say, goodness gracious, this guy's got the, the – the attributes that that sure. could make him a great football player, whether it would or wouldn't, um, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I want to get him out and and, and let's see. So, uh, you know, I talked to those guys just about you know coming out and and just trying to to be supportive. You know, you see basketball guys talking to them about their games, ask them how they're doing, ask them if they're excited for August when football starts, and you know, just <laughs> just some things like that. Um, right. You know, just trying to encourage those guys. So, uh, at this point, that's where that it is. I mean, as it gets to, later in the year, I, I'm going to probably grab some of the guys and say, hey, seriously, do you want to play football? I really want you to. And if you do want to, if you want to give it a shot, then then let's let's figure out your schedule with whatever other sport you're doing in the summer and and, and whether it's summer league, AAU, whatever those things are. Let's let's work out the schedule and get you around and and so forth. But um you know, just trying to, to meet, meet all the guys and, and get to know them a little bit. I think that's that's really my tactic right now and kind of half-heartedly joking with them, but uh, I, I think they get it. I'm, I'm serious. Deep down, it's just a matter of time until we really talk about things. But um, I, I think that it's there is a, a pitch, and, and part of that is that pitch is just the, the sheer numbers, the realities, um, you know, Division F, FBS football, there's 85 scholarships in, sure. in um, all these other sports. Uh, if, if it's basketball, they're on full scholarships too, but there's only 13. And I didn't major in math, but I know which number's bigger. Um, you know, a lot of the other sports, there's, you know, track, baseball, wh- whatever it might be. You're, you're rarely talking about full scholarships. And 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 whether someone's going to be a scholarship guy or not, I don't know. But um but come out and give it a shot. You just never know what, what that's going to be. You never know. I mean, Sam Hubbard was a, a football guy, um, but his big focus was was rugby. I mean, I, I remember I was at Cincinnati. Lacrosse, um, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lacrosse. I, I yeah. said, it, I said okay. it wrong. He was committed right. to Notre Dame for, for lacrosse. I was at Cincinnati, and he came in and out of our wheelhouse in like a matter of two weeks because I, I remember talking to him and, and saying um, – you know, hey, would you be interested? And kind of hemmed and hawed, and and then um, you know, a couple of weeks later, he, he was very, very interested in in 
Ohio State and Michigan and some of those schools that came through. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just never know how that's going to all play out and, and really just keep your options open because if you're a 6'3", 200-pound uh, uh, three on the basketball team, you, you, you might have a hard time, but you, you might have a bunch of suitors at wide receiver. Sure, definitely. I was fortunate to run into you at the Mueller Sports Tag. Uh, yeah. Great guest with Sean Casey there just a couple weeks ago. But he's awesome, a, isn't he? He was really <laughs> he was maybe the best stag speaker I've ever heard, uh, which, no is, which is saying something. But ran into Mike Asbeck, your athletic director, and uh, he told me, he said, you know, I, I'm just really impressed with Mark. He says he's really connecting with the kids. You know, he has this energy, this this passion. And, you know, you hear that a lot of times with new coaches coming in. And, you know, Maybe that's media speak, maybe it's not. But I got the sense he was being very genuine and and, and knowing that these kids are, are connecting with you. He says that, you know, these these players are thirsting for accountability and what's the sense that you've gotten from obviously last year was not record-wise what everybody wanted there at Moeller but um, in talking to a lot of these players that are returning maybe for their junior or senior seasons I mean what's the sense that you get in terms of what they want and how they plan to go about their business now that you're really full full three months into the job yeah I mean Yes, uh, there there's some attributes and all everything's you know fine and dandy right now and, sure. and and everybody's all excited you know as I alluded to earlier when you're undefeated there's there's no major issues um, some of the issues that that are present that that are in the process of being uh, lightly addressed at this point in time and and will be a little bit tougher addressed later are some attendance things. We got, we got guys and, and I don't, everybody always wants to blame it on a, on an age and era. I mean, we got, I don't know about that. Um, we, we got guys that aren't showing up on a, on a consistent enough basis to, to the lifts. And, um, you know, some people say, Oh, that's kids these days. I don't know. I mean, we got kids in there that are really consistent and sure. working really hard. So, um, I don't, I don't buy that. Right. I'm not into that. Right. Um, and, and frankly, if it is, I don't care. I, I mean, I want guys that are in and, and I'm not budging on it. And, um, we're going to get to a point where, um, it, it's not going to all be fine and dandy. Cause, cause I'm going to start telling people, yeah, you got any more misses. And I've already had these conversations with a couple parents, um, uh, and kids, uh, any more misses and, and it's done. And I'm not talking for like a month or a week. I'm talking like you don't get to play football in August and September and October. And, and I'm not really concerned about the losses. I'm concerned about setting the standard and expectations uh, for this for a long term. Um, if, if As long as we got 11 guys, you know, I mean, that's that's really going to be my thing. And, and when 11 guys are all in, doing it the right way, doing it how it should be done. And um, so as far as that stuff is concerned, that that's – that is where I'm at, and I'm I'm great. I I have the the great ability to, to know nothing about these guys. Right. Don't know what I'm missing. So guys, that it's like, oh, well, you can't cut him. Like, why not? I mean, it, I don't know who he is. Sure. He hasn't done anything, and and you can tell me stats, and I'll, I'll say, well, we were two and eight last year with those stats. It doesn't matter. Let's get this thing right. And and uh, I guess I coming in from an outside perspective, um, that's the easiest way to do it. It really is. I don't I don't know any different. I don't know any better or worse. So, um, but we're going to set those expectations, and so that's where I'm probably not going to be quite as popular by the end of the semester. And that's okay. Um, I, I'm fine with that. I didn't come to make a bunch of friends. Um, you know, we're going to do things the right way and and set the standard expectations and be very clear. And I've I've had good open lines of communication with the kids um, and with their parents about these things and. And um, so there might be some hard feelings, but but at the end of the day, we're going to have a group of guys that are that um, are all in on on doing it the right way, and and um, 
being great teammates and, and they're going to believe in each other. And I think that's important. When you're out there on the field, you're going to look around, you're going to see 10 other guys that are on the field with you. Uh, and you're going to say, I know these guys are all in because I saw them all summer. I saw them all off season, uh, busting their tail just like I was. Who are some guys who have really emerged for you just from a leadership standpoint? This offseason, uh, there, there's been a bunch of them. We, we've had uh, so we, we've broken things up into some different sections, and it doesn't piece out perfectly. Um, Try to do like a winter session where guys that weren't in winter sports, mm-hmm. um, we had that that section, and now we're moving on to spring um, with the success of our basketball program. Trying to go for three in a row, <laughs> you, you knew know, they were yeah. good. Did you know that they were this good? Uh, yeah, they're they're, uh, <laughs> they're really good. Yeah, they are. They're really good. Uh, Two straight state titles, uh, almost, you know, they lost by one point three years ago, ranked number one in the state. Uh, you know, they've had some nail biters by like 30. And, you know, like <laughs> I keep talking to Coach Kramer and he's like, I I don't know, this was going to be close. I'm like, Carl, you're going to you're going to beat him by 100. And, and you're, you're you've, you've got the Lou Holtz speech down like uh, this peewee team of 10 and unders are going to knock us off. You know, he's right. got it down. But uh, I mean, coach has done a fantastic job. He's got those guys focused and doing well. But but because of their success, he's got a couple guys that haven't made their way over. So it doesn't piece out together perfectly as far as that but we had um 12 guys that that didn't miss a single deal and 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 it wasn't hey they didn't have any unexcused i don't care if you you you're sick if you miss the day you miss the day um so we had 12 of those guys so that that was great to see and there's a couple other guys that were that were really good leaders that um you know, they had to miss because of, you know, might have been a sickness and it was a legit deal. But um, uh, we've got some guys that are emerging. I think it's a little bit too early for me to sit there and try to anoint anybody. You I know, gotcha. we're, we're two months sure. deep. I mean, we're 30 lifts yeah, in. Uh, I, I don't need to, I don't think that we need to anoint leaders quite yet. We're going to wait on captains and that stuff. That stuff will take care of itself. I mean, through six, six, eight months of time, we'll, that, we'll figure that stuff out by August. Um talk about just the differences between EKU and, and college coaching and all that stuff. What did you learn, I guess, the most when you go back to your head coaching experience the past four years? Sure. Um, what did you learn the most from there? And how does that kind of carry that into, because you know, most guys I talk to, most head football coaches, you know, obviously they're coming from a different perspective to go high school and they go to the college game. You're unique in the sense that you've gone from college to high school. So I'm just kind of curious, even in the past four years at EKU, what did you learn the most there? Yes. So, uh, I mean, I'll say this, football is football. There are some differences, you know, but but at the end of the day, there's a lot more similarities than there are differences. The, the, that's just a reality. And, and um, you know, so I had some very valuable experiences that I learned at EKU. Um, you know, there for four years, I, I would say in 20 years of coaching, my worst job of coaching was my first year. I did a terrible job. Um, I was bad for the program. I was divisive. I was, uh, I walked in and things weren't how I wanted to be and nor would they be, you know what I mean? Like sure. any time you have somebody new coming in in a leadership position, how, how in, in the world could the organization already be running like you want it to run? It just that that right. doesn't happen. That's that's whether it's run well or poorly or or average, irrelevant of that. That's that has nothing to do with it. You're going to have a vision, but how could they possibly be already doing your vision? And and so I walked in and and everything that wasn't the way I wanted it to be. I I was I mean I was a tyrant. I was terrible. I, I, I mean I look back and it's embarrassing how bad of a head coach I was. Just to be honest, and um, had a humbling first year and and uh, in in more ways than just the wins and losses. Just just uh 
was able to reflect upon me as a leader uh, and, and me as a coach. And, and was I the, the leader I wanted to be? Was I the man I wanted to be? Was I the coach I wanted to have for my son? And I looked and I said, no, you know, I was none of those things. And I'd always prided myself upon, um, you know, for the other 19 years that I've coached, I've, I've prided myself on saying, um, Yes, I, I would want a coach. I would want my son to play for a coach similar to how I do it, and and that's not soft. It's not. It's all easy. I mean, uh, it can be tough on the guys, but um, I want my coaches someday to coach Owen Tough and, and Ellis and so forth. Um, but I wasn't that guy, and I learned a ton. And I felt like every year I advanced, and every year I got better. I think my my best year it was the last year there. Um, I, I really thought that as a coach, I got better and better every year. Uh, the biggest thing that I think I took, and and having another opportunity to start afresh with walking in on, uh, as the head coach, brand new, is. Um, having a, a patience and that, and, and I want to be impatient in the sense of, I want it to get to what I want it to be, um, as, as quickly as possible, you know, on the very first day you want it to be yesterday. Um, but understanding that it is going to be a process and, um, you're going to have to have this, have a normal, um, advancement level that is not just going to happen and you're not going to say something once and it changes. That's not going to be how it works, um, even though that's what I wanted it to right. be. And when I'd say it once, and then if it didn't change, I was, I was a maniac. And, and um, so it's going to be much more of a process and, and, and helping them grow to the expectations. And, and what's been great, I'll say this, is the players have been outstanding. They've, they've been uh, trying to adapt. They, they want to please, generally speaking, and, and they're a pleasure to coach. And so that's, um, that's really a, a positive. Not that my last experience wasn't that, but um, with my more patient approach, and 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 seeing how much these guys want to do it the right way, their thirst to do it right, um, it's really made it more positive for me, and I'm I'm sure the, the players on the other end of it, it's been it's been good. I know you don't want to anoint anybody, but still, when you bring up the father son dynamic, my mind automatically thought to uh, Landon Fickle, your junior offensive lineman. Obviously, his dad is Luke Fickle, UC's head football coach. You coach with Luke at Akron, yeah. in the early 2000s. I'm just curious, what, what's that dynamic been like? coaching Landon and, and how much influence does Luke have with, with what his progress is? Uh, well, Landon's been great. Start off with Landon. Landon's been fantastic to coach. Um, of the, those 12 guys I said that hadn't missed a single day, he's one of them. Sure. So that, you know, uh, as I would have expected for him to be. And now part of that can be good fortune. I mean, you don't, you don't get sick. I right, mean, like right. the, the flu bug went around. I mean, uh, there, was some, there were some guys I didn't want in the weight room for sure uh, uh, <laughs> based upon their right. sickness and so forth. So, um, but he was, he's been at every single workout since, since I got there, which is great. Uh, so he, and he's done a really nice job. I think he's really progressing in the weight room and, and uh, he's shown some leadership qualities, which is great. Um, obviously, Luke is um, a, a very accomplished coach. I, I respect him as a coach, as a man, uh, all those things a, a great deal. Had the chance to, to work for him and with him in, in my first two years back in 2000 and 2001 at Akron. Um, and he's kind of what I thought he would be. Like he, He's not overly involved. Um, you know, he really, um, hasn't been, um, I, I would never have thought that he'd be a guy that'd be 
calling me asking, you know, this, that, or the other. That's just not his type of personality, how I know uh, Luke to be. So he hasn't been overly involved in in, a, uh, in that role. He's kind of like, hey, I want you to be tough on him, Co- sure. coach him how you want to coach him, and just treat him right, and, and you're good. It was kind of a one-time initial conversation because um, that was it. So uh, he's been great. I mean, he stopped in on a recruiting side um, before, but that's uh, that's it. Um you know, and then I saw him at the stag and uh, things along those lines. So I've talked to him professionally a couple times about some things, but nothing, um, I mean, nothing from a father right, son right, dynamic right. really besides an initial quick conversation. That's it. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Elena put out a tweet about, uh, you know, coach uh, Ron Crook there saying, I love the visit at UC. I'm thinking, can't you go there <laughs> at any time? Cause your dad's there, but it's kind of interesting how that uh, all the recruiting, um, you know, social media stuff works these days as you, as you well are aware of, sure. of, of, of all that stuff. But I'm just curious, community wise, what's, what's that support been like? I mean, you hear about the tradition, you hear about obviously the 11 state titles and everybody knows Moeller football, uh, around the state, around the country. Um, just the type of support that you've received, um, from alumni, people in the building, outside the building. I'm just curious what that's been, what that's been like for you. Uh, it's been great. Now I've also been a little bit in the shelter area cause we're not, we're not settled in yet. Sure. Um, you know, we're, we're moving, we're closed on our house on the 20th of March in the morning and okay. closed on our house here, uh, the 20th of March in the afternoon. So, um, so we're not here. So I've been traveling back and forth on the weekends. Uh, and frankly, I'm trying to do as much as I can on the front end to, um, so that, because part of me wanting to be here is wanting to be a great husband and father from a time commitment standpoint as well. And and so when they move down here, I hope to have some of those evenings to be able to spend a little bit more time with the family. So I have been working a little bit longer hours than I probably will once they get, they get up here, I guess it would be. Um, so I've been in the office quite a bit, trying to plan ahead, get the summer all done, get the, the fall all done, uh, get ahead on... Um, you know, talking, like just knowing who these eighth graders are that are coming in and, and getting the lay of the land of Cincinnati and, and some of the youth programs and things along those lines, I think are important for, for me to do, uh, uh, and for Moeller to have those, those connections to those, those organizations and know those schools in, in the area. So, uh, I've been doing a lot of those things. I haven't been out and about in the community a ton other than at events that, that, uh, I've been, been able to be at, but, um, I am certainly looking forward to, I mean, this is home for me. So I am certainly looking forward to getting out and about and seeing old friends and, and getting out in the community quite a bit more, uh, once we get more settled. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm living a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit of a nomad right now. Yeah, yeah. 1996 Sycamore grad, by the way. Uh, how's that uh, turf? I, Mike Asbeck told me about that uh, there at the Athletic Complex, Jerry Faust Athletic Complex. Uh, getting new turf installed. I mean, how's that going? And, it's going great. Yeah. Um, now it's it for whatever six weeks. It's a a terrible inconvenience because right, right. you're missing one of your fields, obviously. But but well worth the wait to to have brand new field turf right there. So uh, excited about that. I think it's close to being done. I, I believe by the end of next week we'll have it, which is great. Um, and it's much needed, you know, when you, we've got all these sports rolling right now and, and uh, you know, the, the weather with it being wet, cause we've got some grass uh, area that we can use, but as wet as, as it's been, that's been uh, a, a complete mud pit right now. So we've got the one turf field right now. And, and uh, that's like gold, you know, if you can get 10 minutes on, on that thing, you're you're scratching and clawing to get it because you got baseball tryouts and lacrosse and rugby. I mean, it's it's uh, difficult to get that field space. So can't wait till we get that second field back because that'll be uh, much much needed.
needed and utilized plenty. I know you've had a lot of people influence you over your coaching career. And, and I, I want to play this little word association game before we wrap up. I know somebody else has done this before, so I'm stealing the concept. But uh, a lot of names, uh, obviously, attached to your resume and your biography. I'll start off with uh, Butch Jones. Just w- what comes to mind when you think of these individuals I bring up? Uh, thankful. Um, Coach Jones really uh, helped me accomplish a lot of things in in my career. And that uh, I'll be forever grateful for Um Hired me when when I screwed it up from the get go. If, if he ever hears this, he'll laugh out loud on, on that one. I'm sure, uh, as will some others. Screwed it up from the get go, and he and he still hired me um, after three years. Uh, the opportunity to come home. I mean, my parents were here. The opportunity to come home and, and coach at Cincinnati and and um, the, where my dad went to school and and was Mr. Bearcat and and a chance to be around them. Um, well, that was really special to me. And then um, went to Tennessee and took me again. And and these are things you, you see different deals. If you look at college football, uh, you see different total different people and in, in when they move. I mean, you see a Scott Frost who takes everybody, and then you see some people who, I mean, they may take a guy, and so you just sit there, and, and I'm very thankful and appreciative of, of him taking me each of those spots and, and giving me opportunities to grow. Um, I would not have been able to accomplish some things that were really uh, meant a ton to me on a on a personal. I mean, when you're coaching college football, it's more than just professional. It's not. I mean, you, you're making it. You're doing that on a personal basis too, and it means a ton to you. So I, I will forever be grateful. Isaiah Pete. <laughs> Isaiah Pete. Uh, man, I, I still keep in touch with with, with Isaiah. He. Uh, he just has an infectious smile. Uh, I, I'm sure you got opportunity sure. to to interview Pete, and he had he just always had uh, an infectious, upbeat attitude. And I, I I got the chance to go and and visit Pete um, after his unfortunate accident. And man, oh man, I mean, it like you you would sit there and I mean, he was at a a, a workout for an NFL team like a week or two before. I mean, he he was still. Um, going to play football in the National Football League and had that taken away from him in a in a terrible accident and and I mean you would have thought that nothing ever happened you know I mean just just he had the same infectious smile same upbeat attitude and um well I'm the death and and uh yeah r- really really was a, a pleasure for me to coach Lloyd Carr class uh, if he, I mean just uh, class of all class. Um, I don't know if there's anybody that I've I've worked with or for that I would say is a classier human being um, in coaching. He's just first class in everything he did, and again, very very appreciative of of the opportunity to to work for him. I'm missing a lot of names, but you've already mentioned him too. But I'm going to kind of end with this since as the Mueller connection, Carl Kramer. Yeah. Uh, he so Coach Kramer. He he just has a a way about himself that um, you know he doesn't walk around as like um, the alpha male like where you just walk in the room and everything stops and and so forth. But he's he's in control. He is that guy without being that guy. It's it's really hard to explain. Uh, and obviously, I've only been around him for a couple months now. But um, um, 
and, and I'll say this. I mean, he's got to stop. He's got to stop making us look bad. He keeps saying, like, I mean, we win a couple state championships. He's like, I just don't know how good we are. I'm like, coach, you just won by like 30. You need to stop saying that, man. Like, like you just held somebody to a lower scoring defense in basketball than we're going to be able to next year in football. <laughs> yeah, you're making us look bad over here. Um, but but he means that he's just uh, he's awesome. I, I really uh, it's been um, very positive in just a couple months for me. I go in there. I've watched several other practices. Really well organized. Got a got a great way about him, um, and he he allows others to to do their thing. But he's he's running the show, man. Since you come from a college perspective, I'm going to end on this. And since we're close to spring, do we need spring practice here in Ohio for high school football? Um, you know, uh, so having I'll put a, you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you you are. Um, you're. So this is tough, and, and I'm not the guy to ask this. Um, and I'll say this, why? Because I, I'm, I'm still feeling my way through this. Um, but here's what I would say. Uh, in December, I would have said, absolutely. I would have said no question about it if you had asked me this past December or the last 20 years. Um, absolutely no question about it. And, and the reason being is, um, I mean, f- football in Ohio is a big, big deal. It really is. And... Um, you know, the, the, the states that have it, I mean, there's, uh, there's the Texas, the California, the Florida, the Georgia, and, you know, when everybody looks at recruiting, Ohio's really fifth in that, in that, that list. Um, when you look at it from a non-bias, which right, I'm right. really biased, obviously <laughs> I think we're number one, but, um, but when you look at it from a non-biased standpoint, that's what college coaches always talk about is the pecking order, Ohio's fifth. Um, and we're above plenty of places that have spring football. And so I would have said, yeah, we need to do this to catch up this, that, the other. Um, now the flip of that is, is that I, I'm a huge proponent of high school, high school, uh, athletes should be able to play multiple sports. And part of the difference is, is that these sports that you're talking about. Um, so the, the Florida's, the Texas, the Alabama's, a lot of these, these States that are playing, uh, there has spring football. They're doing it in that May time period. Um, but you know, track is done. I mean, baseball, like a lot of these other sports, uh, they're done. Why? Because um, it's not snowing in April, you know, like, I mean, I don't, I'm hoping that it's not, not snow down here, maybe Northern Ohio, but yeah. yeah but I mean, yeah, we, but, but we're still getting inclement weather. I mean, right. this has been a great year, but you, you're still getting inclement weather around this time. So, so those seasons go longer. And so what you'd run into is, is you look at all these guys. I mean, I just look at the number of guys on our roster that we would be missing because, you know, Zach French, he's a baseball guy. I mean, he's a football guy, but he's, I mean, that's baseball TJ. I mean, all these guys are, they're legitimately in these other sports. And then it would be detrimental to them to, to play those other sports for football purposes, for recruiting purposes, if they weren't doing spring ball and, and you wouldn't be able to do both. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. And, and, and um, I'm seeing the other side of it now where I would, uh, I mean, I'd have been adamant a year ago, say, yes, right. absolutely. Ohio, what, what are we doing? We're behind the times. And, and yeah, this is it, man. Like, this is the last time that they're going to get the chance to do multiple sports. Um, 
let's let's keep that. I think. I mean, so I, I would probably lean that way. If you're going to do anything, maybe open up a padded time in June, um, something like that. That might be better than than actually doing it during the the spring ball. Now, it, it would hurt you a little bit in the sense of recruitment, like because a lot of coaches go through. Um, now, that does hurt you in football, it, uh, football recruiting a little bit because you can go down to Georgia and watch a kid play football in spring recruiting, but it hurts you a little bit then. But if if you're doing it for the football development. Um, um, in some aspects, doing a, a couple weeks, two weeks in June or something like that might not be bad because uh, it would not necessarily conflict with uh, tail end of people's baseball and track unless they're super like going to win a state title type of deal. One thing is certain in Ohio, the spring football debate and the shot clock debate will not go away anytime soon. So, Well, you won't hear me debating about the shot clock. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. So, Good job, Mark. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Mike. When, Appreciate when can you it. do the next podcast? Uh, yeah, whenever. Hey, I love great. talking mullet football. Any, anytime I can do great. anything to, to uh, promote the brand and, and so forth, because uh, obviously we we a um, couple things we don't have. We don't have a school district, so we don't just bring people from there. So uh, we need to attract people from from all over the city, a, a word that I'm apparently not supposed to use recruiting. Uh, it's right, attracting. Right, right. Uh, so <laughs> You're learning the ropes pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike should be pleased about that um and then we don't have levies you know we were talking earlier about harrison with the, these levies and and you know so forth so to, to to get to the people that might be interested in in hearing about molar football and molar the school i mean it's, a, it's an unbelievable place so anytime i can get the chance to, to um talk about the things going on i, I love to do it good stuff molar head football coach mark elder really appreciate your time and perspective best of luck to you mike thank you and that's all we have for you this week on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening.